as we turn our attention to the word on today, uh, and we want to uh, say uh, holiday greetings uh, to those that listen to us by uh, social media, and um, we appreciate uh, 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 you tuning in uh, to hear uh, that which God has given us to share. And uh, we'd like to invite feedback. Uh, it's good to know who's listening. Amen. Good to know if you're getting anything uh, from uh, the word that we've been sharing. And uh, feedback is always appreciated. And if the Lord would put it upon your heart to uh, be a blessing to uh, the ministry of Bethel Christian Worship Center, uh, if you'd like to share something, you can certainly do that. Uh, we have our Bethel Christian Worship Center app that you can download on your smartphone. Uh, and uh, uh, and once you've got that downloaded, uh, there are some other of our messages, video messages that are there. Uh, there's a very safe and secure digital giving option uh, that uh, if the Lord would put it upon your heart to be a blessing, it certainly will be appreciated. Now, as we turn our attention to the word on today, we're going to talk today about the Christmas paradox. Amen. The Christmas paradox. And uh, since we're talking about paradox, I felt that it would be uh, important that we understand uh, what a paradox is. And uh, as I begin to look uh, for uh, information to help explain uh, what a paradox is, I found that uh, it went back to the ancient Greeks that were well aware that a paradox can take us outside of our usual way of thinking. Uh, they combined the prefix para, which means beyond or outside of, with the verb doken, which means to think. A way that uh, we would express it in, 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 in contemporary language would be paradoxus causes us to think outside of the box. And um, the um, forming of the word paradoxus, amen, an adjective meaning contrary to expectation. When things happen out of the ordinary or contrary to what we uh, expect, Latin speakers picked up on the word and they used it to create the noun paradoxium, which the English speakers borrowed during the 1500s to create the word paradox. So a paradox is a, a set of contradictory uh, seemingly contradictory uh, facts or, or, or events or circumstances that seemingly are contradictory and yet uh, they convey a truth or a meaning. So we want to talk today about uh, the Christmas paradox. And, and, and when we think in terms, and, 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 and we're not going to have the time to get into all of the paradoxes of Christmas, but we're going to talk about a few of them today in the scripture, the Christmas paradox. Uh, and the first question that 
one thing that I, I believe, questions are powerful. Questions are powerful. Uh, and, and, and never, you know, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, questions will make people uncomfortable sometimes. Amen. Uh, but as I said, never be afraid to ask questions. And uh, do yourself a favor. Question yourself. You hear what I said? Amen. There's some times when you need to question yourself. What is Christmas? Well, uh, when we look contemporarily uh, to answer the question, what is Christmas? Uh, for some, amen, it is peace toward men of goodwill. Amen. Uh, for the world, uh, when you talk about Christmas, especially to uh, the retailers and uh, the merchants, uh, it's that time of year where they hope to uh, sell enough merchandise so that uh, they'll come out uh, uh, not only in the black but with a profit going into the next year. So for the world, it is a mass of confusion rushing around. In a, uh, and, 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 and interestingly, we talk about the holiday season and, uh, you know, uh, uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Uh, but the statistics tell us that uh, one of the highest suicide rates happens during what's known as the holiday season. That's a paradox. Amen. Contrasted against, amen, that lovely night over 2,000 years ago when one star lit the heaven and marked the spot where Christ was born, where God was made flesh. And yet today we've got millions of neon uh, signs and lights that mark the spot where the sale begins. And where you can throw away your money. Buying what isn't needed. And what doesn't necessarily fit. Talking about the contrast and the paradox of Christmas. Hallelujah. Um, you see the first Christmas. First Christmas was a poor one. Uh, a manger. A stable. No room at the end. Uh, as juxtaposed to our Christmas, amen, our Christmas is, amen, our Christmas is a dazzling display of wealth beyond belief. As millions of people spend millions of dollars and ignore the true meaning of Christmas. Once the wise men came to worship Jesus. And today, people have parties of wickedness. Ignoring all that Jesus came to accomplish. Amen. The office Christmas party. Amen. Uh, the uh, planning to, amen, make sure they've got enough spirits, amen, of the alcohol version. And uh, the uh, activities that, amen, go on. And, and, and notice, uh, uh, if you will, how uh, the world has uh, seemingly uh, uh, grasped what used to be a holy day and, and turned it into a holiday and, and, and added their own traditions and, 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 and what have you and, and activities and say that they're celebrating Christmas. Hallelujah.
the paradox of Christmas. The question, who does it belong to? See, I believe that the true meaning of Christmas and the true understanding of what Christmas is about um, are only those who know Christ, amen, and who serve Christ can, can, can uh, adequately celebrate his birth. The world has seemingly hijacked it and, 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 and turned it into uh, uh, something that uh, it wasn't meant to be. And uh, so, and, and, and the sad part is that uh, the influence of the world has influenced us who supposedly know Christ. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into the same traps. Talking about the paradox of Christmas. And, and as I begin to further think about the paradox of Christmas, I thought about the greatest paradox of Christmas. And uh, that is the question of who is Jesus Christ. Because you see, they're celebrating the holiday and for many of them, they don't really know who he is. And that's what I'd like to talk about on today. I'd like to talk about, amen, the paradox of Christmas. Uh, and... I'd like to ask the question, did you know that the Old Testament is loaded with apparently contradictory prophecies about Christ? Uh, there are prophecies that uh, pertain to Christ that uh, are uh, on the surface contradictory and hard to understand uh, uh, looking through the, uh, the lens of the Old Testament. And um, did you know that there was no way that the Old Testament prophets could have ever understood the fullness of the coming of the Messiah uh, just on uh, virtue of the apparent contradictions in their own prophecies? And we'll talk about some of those today. Uh, how that uh, just like people today uh, don't have a clear handle on who Jesus is. In the Old Testament, when the prophets prophesied about his coming, uh, there were things that they said that seemingly were contradictory. And, and, and even to them, it was hard for them to understand and to, and, and, and to really uh, see. And, and, and I'll, I'll take you to the scripture to uh, kind of illuminate what I'm talking about uh, here in uh, the New Testament in the book of First Peter. 1 Peter, the first chapter, beginning at the 10th verse, uh, reading from the Christian Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, it says there, concerning this salvation. Concerning this salvation. The salvation that we're talking about is the salvation that Jesus brought, amen, uh, uh, to the world. No, but notice what it says there. Concerning this salvation... The prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. The prophets who God gave a word to tell the future of the coming Messiah, they investigated it carefully because even though God used them to prophesy it, after they had prophesied and said what God told them to say, they didn't understand what they were prophesying. Anybody listening to me? 
Verse 11 says, they inquired into what time or what circumstances the spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance of the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. And, and, and there's a principle that uh, stands out to me about this, and that is one of, one, one of the things that I, that, that I got out of this, and, and, and we'll read a few more verses here, but one of the things that I got out of it is that God can use you and, 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 and work through you to reveal uh, truths. And God can use you to reveal truths. And then after you speak what God gave you to say, uh, you'll look at what you said and then you say, you know what? I don't understand. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand. I know God gave it to me, but I'm having trouble figuring it out. Yeah. Anybody ever been there where God gave you something? You know God gave it to you. You said what God told you to say. You did what God told you to do. To do. And after you got through with it, you looked at it and said, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why God had me do that. That don't look like it's going to work. But I know God told me to do it. Yeah. Anybody ever been there? Oh, yeah. I've been there. Oh, yeah. I've been there where I've done what God told me to do. I've said what God told me to say, and I was looking for a different result. And when I got through saying what God told me to say and doing what God told me to do, the result was totally different than what I expected. Yes. And it left me wondering, God, what are you doing? Why you got me out here on this limb? First Peter 1 and 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. Say it with me, it's not about you. Again, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. The prophets, what he's talking about here, what Peter's referring to, he's talking about Old Testament prophets. That God revealed truths about the coming Christ. And, and, and the things that they prophesied under the anointing of God, they tried to understand them, and some of them didn't make sense to them. And, 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 and what verse 12 said, that it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. What it's talking about there is that many times the gift you have yes. from God is not for you. Yes. That's right. But it's to bless others. Yes. And, 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 and sometimes because your gift is not for you, but it's for others, uh, you, there'll be a certain dissatisfaction that you'll have operating in your gift. There'll be a certain uh, 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 confusion uh, that you'll have because you'll do what you what, what God has anointed you to do, 
But it won't bless you. But it wasn't supposed to bless you. It was for the benefit of others. Hallelujah. And when you realize that. And what he's saying there is that the, the, the Old Testament prophets were perplexed. But he's saying that those that are, are part of the New Covenant, uh, 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 looking back, the, the New Testament explains uh, uh, what some of the things that the Old Testament prophets were prophesying and, and, and looking through a glass darkly. Uh, over in Matthew 13 and 16. Talking about the Christmas paradox. And, 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 and I hope you're going to get something uh, out of this. Matthew 13 and 16, it says, Blessed are your eyes, because they do see, and your ears, because they do hear. For truly, I tell you that many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them. And... And to hear the things that you hear, but didn't hear them. Now, what that tells me is that those of us that are living under the new covenant, uh, we're without excuse. I say we're without excuse. Because you see, uh, we are... We've got the ability to hear and to see some things that they did, that they long to have an understanding of. And the sad part is that even though we're living in a day, in an age where, where, where information is available, we're too lazy to even look. There's a saying that says, none are so blind as those that will not see. So it said, blessed are your eyes, for they do see. Blessed are your ears, that they do hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see and didn't see them. And to hear the things that you hear and didn't hear them. So, let me give you a specific example of what I'm talking about here. When, when we talk about the Christmas paradox. Uh, one of the last Old Testament prophets was John the Baptist. All right. Now, he appears in the New Testament, but uh, he is one of the last Old Testament prophets, and Jesus testifies to the fact uh, because he was a forerunner for Jesus Christ. His name was John the Baptist, and in fact, John the Baptist was so confused when he was, when he was put in prison And he heard what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was doing. And, and, and it confused John the Baptist so until he sent some of his disciples to visit Jesus. You'll find that in Matthew 11, in the 11th chapter of Matthew, and we're going to read those verses. And in Matthew 11 and 2... It says there, now when John heard in prison that Christ, uh, what Christ was doing, he sent a message to his disciples 
and asked him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you see or what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news of the gospel. And blessed is the one who is not offended in me. I'm talking about paradox, the Christmas paradox. And, 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 and I want you to imagine... Uh, number one, John was the forerunner for Jesus Christ. John was a, a unique prophet and the last prophet in the Old Testament. John was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in his mother's womb. John had a revelation for God from God uh, who Jesus was and 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 he came preaching, uh, and 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 he was sent as uh, the forerunner for Jesus Christ, and uh, you know he was uh, 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 he lived out in the desert, wore a camel skin coat, had an unusual diet of locusts and honey, and uh, and and John told it like it was. He told it like it was. He got into trouble uh, because uh, he uh, 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 spoke to power and authority. The king had taken his brother's wife. And uh, John, in his preaching, said, it's unlawful for you to take your brother's wife. And And they ended up putting him in prison. The king feared God or was fearful of God. And, and, and didn't want to kill him, but he kept him in prison. And, and after he had kept him in prison so long, how many been in a how many been in a situation that seemed like it's lasted a long time? Amen. Been in a been in a confining uh, situation, and uh, so John, being in prison and hearing about. Uh, what Jesus was doing, uh, it began to wear on him and he got upset. And uh, he sent word to Jesus by a couple of his disciples and said, Art thou the one, or, or are you the one, or should we look for another? In other words, John became discouraged. And, and, and felt like that Christ was not fulfilling uh, the job and the task that he was supposed to do. Now, how did John, or why did John feel that way? Well, um, the, John's mindset and, and the revelation that he had about Christ uh, Let's look at what he had been saying before he was in prison. In Luke 3 and 7, John was speaking to the crowds and he said this in Luke 3 and 7. 
And then he said to the crowds who came to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore produce fruit consistent with repentance. And don't start saying to yourselves that we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. When I said John told it like it was, John told it like it was. And when the people came to John to be baptized, John said, who warned? And he saw the Pharisees come. He said, who warned you, you brood of vipers? Do you know he was calling them a family of snakes? Yes, he did. Who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? John, in his revelation of Christ, John saw judgment. Let's look at another verse that he said about Christ. Uh, Matthew 3.10 and 11. Uh, John said there in Matthew 3.10, The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit, he'll cut it down and throw it into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. And I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, we testify about being filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. When John was talking about fire, he wasn't talking about shaking and speaking in tongues. He was talking about judgment. Matthew 3.12, his winning shovel is in his hand. And he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. You talk about a a, a fire and brimstone prophet. John the Baptist was a fire and brimstone prophet. Amen. And and so uh, that was John's message about the coming Messiah. It was foreboding, it was judgmental, it was damning. That's the Messiah that John anticipated. And then Jesus came. And when Jesus came, what did he do? He did deeds of mercy. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He helped the deaf to hear. Gave voices to those that were dumb. Life to the dead. And John sitting in prison. Did not understand it. Couldn't understand it. That's not the. That's not the Christ. That, 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 that I've been talking about. That's not the Christ. That I have the revelation of God for. That's not the Christ. And, 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 and John will help us if we let him. You see, John's revelation came from God. And, 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 and what John said was true. But John only had part of the story. He only had part of the story. And, 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 and those of us that... Uh, are being used by God, 
we've got to remember that we don't have the whole story. Yes. We've got our part of the story. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, is anybody listening to me here? We got to be careful because we'll be sitting up judging somebody else's ministry. We'll be judging somebody else's testimony. We'll be judging what somebody else is doing because they ain't doing what we're doing. And we'll feel like that, amen, uh, 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 they're out of order. And if we're not careful, listen, look, look at John. He's in prison criticizing what Jesus is doing. And he's getting out bent out of shape. And, 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 and stressing out yes. while in prison uh-huh. to the point that he tells the, the, his disciples when they go talk to Christ, are you the one? Now he's already gave witness that he's the one. He said, behold the Lamb of God that come to take away the sins of the world. And, 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 and there's a lesson we can learn out of that. Amen. Uh, we got to be careful that we don't allow our circumstances that we're going through yes. uh, make us give up on the word God gave us yes. and, and, and the revelation God gave us and despair. And he said, are, are you the Christ or should I look for another? There's, there's no other than Jesus. And so when the disciples come and say, John sent us. And uh, they relay John's message. Jesus answered them and said, go tell him what you've seen. And in Jesus' answer to John. He said, go tell them what you've seen. What Jesus did was Jesus responded with the scripture. He responded with uh, almost an exact quotation of Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. He also responded uh, with uh, uh, Isaiah uh, 61 and 1. And, and, and what, what, what Jesus did, he said, go, 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 go tell him what you've seen. And let me read Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. He says, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For waters will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's the gospel. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. So uh, what Jesus did was Jesus answered. He said, go tell them what you see. And the answer that Jesus gave was right from the word of God. All right. Now, why was that, that, that response? Why, why did Jesus give that response? 
He gave that response because John was upset that with the revelation that he had gotten about the Messiah, it looked like Jesus wasn't doing what John said he was going to do. What John didn't understand was that there were going to be there was the first coming of Jesus when he came as the suffering servant. And there was the second coming of Jesus when he's going to come as the conquering king. All right, yeah. John only saw the second. John was not focused on the first. And what Jesus did was in quoting Isaiah, he was reminding the prophet John, oh yeah, you got a revelation from God, but there are some other scriptures that have to be fulfilled first. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what that tells me is, you know what? Don't get so caught up in your personal revelation. Don't, don't get so caught up in your personal gift of revelation that you negate the other scriptures of prophecy. There are some other scriptures that need to be fulfilled. Amen. Uh, uh, there are some scriptures that, amen, talk about the suffering servant. And uh, that was the problem that John had. And then Jesus gave a general rebuke to John too. When he said, blessed are they that are not offended in me. So what Jesus was saying to John was, amen, don't get all bent out of shape. But there's some other word that's got to be fulfilled. And I, gotta, I, I am the word. I've got to fulfill it all. And there's, there's a second coming when I'll come as king, but there's a first coming when I'm going to come as a suffering servant. All right. That's the paradox that I'm talking about, the paradox of Christmas. Uh, I want to talk about one more paradox before I close. Uh, but, but, but I hope you uh, are, are, are getting what I'm saying there. Don't get so caught up in your gift. That that uh, and 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 I see some preachers, and I see some individuals that they only uh, talk about one thing. They'll say, "Well, that's my thing, you know, faith. That's my thing," and that's all they talk about is faith. There's a lot more in the Bible besides the subject of faith. There's a, there's a lot of other scriptures, Amen. Uh, uh, and so sometimes we can get so caught up and so. Uh, single focus in the area of our strength and, and, and I don't know if John had forgotten or wasn't paying attention or his circumstances had colored uh, uh, his perspective but Jesus said go tell him and remind him there's some other scriptures there's some other prophecies that have to be fulfilled and I'm thinking about amen some of us that uh, we might get in situations and circumstances in our life where it seemed like we're boxed in. And it seemed like we've been waiting on deliverance for a long time. We've been, we've been waiting on a breakthrough for a long time. And uh, we're so focused on, 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 on uh, one thing. And, and, and uh, God might be doing some other things to get to the thing. Uh, and he's going to get to it, amen, in, in, his, in his proper time. Yes. Amen. That's the paradox of Christmas. Yes. You know, that's the paradox of being a believer as well. Yes. 
Amen. Uh, uh, it, it talks about, uh, I, I, I was trying to think of the scripture over there. It talks about uh, count it uh, uh, for slaughter. And yet, uh, you know, they, they look upon us and they think that we're sheep for the slaughter. And yet the paradox is we're not sheep for the slaughter. We're more than conquerors through Christ. Let me talk about one last paradox before I let you go here. Uh, when we talk about the paradox of Christmas, we want to talk about the paradox of the God-man. The paradox of the God-man. And in that paradox, the Old Testament writers... Uh, when God gave them the revelation of Jesus uh, in Isaiah 7 and 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, a virgin will conceive and have a son, and his name, and name him Emmanuel. And that uh, Emmanuel is interpreted God with us. A virgin, but notice it said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. It's talking about a supernatural sign. When God gives a sign, it's supernatural. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and so uh, what was supernatural about it was that Mary was a virgin and had never had anything to do with a man. And uh, the angel told her that which is conceived in you is going to be uh, of the Holy of the Holy Spirit, and uh, you're going to have a son, and uh, you're going to name him Jesus because he's going to deliver his people from their sin. When the prophet back thousands of years, in, uh, uh, Isaiah said, uh, a virgin shall conceive and have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Yeah. Now, to us today, that doesn't sound you know, Emmanuel. We know some of you are probably know people that were named Emmanuel. But back when that prophecy was given in that Jewish culture, there was nobody who was named Emmanuel. Because you see, the El at the end—that's the name for God. And 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 they, and that was a name that they didn't they, they they didn't use it to name individuals. But God said, "I'm giving you a sign. I'm getting ready to do something. A virgin shall conceive and have a son." And name him Emmanuel. Alright? So the prophet prophesies that. And, uh, okay, it's a, it's a sign. It's supernatural. Virgin's going to give birth to a son. But then, a little bit later on, God gives him another word about the coming Messiah. And in Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. What? Now, I want you to notice what the prophet is prophesying. Amen. Uh, he's prophesying, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us. But when that child is born, the government shall be on his shoulders. In other words, he's going to bear up. Not just only the government of Israel, but it's, he's talking about the governments of the world. Right. Will be on his shoulders. And he will be named Wonderful Counselor. Mighty 
God, eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Can you imagine when, when, when God gave that word to him, first of all, and, 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 and the subject we're talking, we're talking about the God man. And, 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 but, but I want you to think about, he didn't have a New Testament. He didn't, he, he didn't have the story of, 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 of uh, Jesus being born in the major. He, he, he's just hearing and getting a revelation of what God is telling. A child is going to be born. A son is going to be given. Government is going to be on his shoulders. Name wonderful, mighty God. Now wait a minute. That's blasphemous. To call a human being God. Eternal Father. You know, I said something uh, last Sunday in the message. I told you that it would be a good trivia question. Jesus Christ is the only baby that was born. That when he was born, he was as old as his father. And older than his mother. On the day he was born. That, that doesn't fit anybody but Jesus. That is the, the, the paradox. That we're talking about here. Amen. He was very God. Eternal God. Eternal father. Prince of peace. But also he was very much a man. Hallelujah. That's one of the other paradoxes. And, and when I started this message, I was making the statement that um, a lot of people that call themselves celebrating Christmas, if they really knew who he was, if they really understood what he came to do, They realize that a lot of the stuff that they're doing really doesn't honor him. And, and, and that they would, um, and hopefully that they would hear and make some changes. One of the greatest verifications of the Christian faith is when you look in the Old Testament of the many diverse and apparently uh, contradictory prophecies concerning Christ. And, and, and there, has, there has never been and there will never be another human, indiv- uh, another being, another individual born into the earth that will be able to feel, uh, fulfill all of the prophecies, uh, even, with the, the, in, even in their contradictory nature. There is not another individual that can fulfill those prophecies to the letter but Jesus Christ. They can never be reproduced. They can never be counterfeited. They can never be falsified. Such amazing amazing prophecies prevent wicked men and overzealous disciples from uh, falsely trying to fulfill them. There's no one that, amen, there's no one. Like Jesus. He's in a class by himself. And, and, and he had to be. Because that was the only way. That he could save his people. From their sins. Right. 
Amen. Talking about the paradox of Christmas. Uh, I hope you got something from what I was talking about on today. Amen. In the word that we share. We're